Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel with Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 526 of our three-year journey through the Word of God, one chapter at a time. We come today to 1 Chronicles chapter 5. We're in the middle of what many people regard to be probably the most boring section of the Bible, uh, and that is the first nine chapters of Chronicles, which are almost entirely made up of genealogies. But it's more than just genealogies. God is not here just giving us genealogies for the sake of genealogies and lists of names. He's telling us the story of his people and of his redemption of his people. Uh, and we see evidence of God's grace and patience and sovereignty and judgment. And there's so much we can learn from these chapters. So let's pray. Okay, <laughs> helps to not lose the microphone. Okay, so let's pray and ask the Lord to help as we look at First Chronicles 5 together this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Every part of it is from you and for us, given to us for our benefit, for our edification, and for your glory in our lives and in your church. We pray that you be with us today and be our teacher and our guide as we go through these passages. Would you uh, teach us? through 1 Chronicles 5 today, what you would have us to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Chronicles chapter 5. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's couch, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that he could not be enrolled as the eldest son. Though Judah became strong among his brothers, and a chief came from him, Yet the birthright belonged to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Joel, Shemaiah, his son, Gog, his son, Shimei, his son, Micah, his son, Reah, his son, Baal, his son, Beerah, his son, whom Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, carried away into exile. He was a chief of the Reubenites. And his kinsmen, by their clans, when the genealogy of their generations was recorded, the chief, Jeiel, and Zechariah, and Bela, the son of Azaz, the son of Shema, son of Joel, who lived in Aror as far as Nebo and baal Meon. He also lived to the east, as far as the entrance of the desert, this side of the Euphrates, because their livestock had multiplied in the land of Gilead. And in the days of Saul, they waged war against the Hagrites, who fell into their hand. And they lived in their tents throughout all the region east of Gilead. The sons of Gad lived over against them in the land of Bashan, as far as Salica, Joel the chief, Shaphan the second, Jani, and Shaphat in Bashan, and their kinsmen according to their father's houses, Michael, Meshullam, Sheba, Jorai, Jachin, Zia, and Eber, seven. These were the sons of Abihail, the son of Hurai, the son of Jeroah, son of Gilead, son of Michael, son of Jehishai, son of Jado, son of Buzz. Ahai, the son of Abdiel, the son of Gunai, was chief in their father's houses, and they lived in Gilead, in Bashan, and in its towns, and in all the pasture lands of Sharon to their limits. 
All of these were recorded in the genealogies in the days of Jotham, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had valiant men who carried shield and sword and drew the bow, expert in war, 44,760 able to go to war. They waged war against the Hagrites, Jeter, Naphish, and Nodab, and when they prevailed over them, the Hagrites and all who were with them were given into their hands, for they cried out to God in the battle, and he granted their urgent plea because they trusted in him. They carried off their livestock, 50,000 of their camels, 250,000 sheep, 2,000 donkeys, and 100,000 men alive. For many fell, because the war was of God, and they lived in their place until the exile. The members of the half-tribe of Manasseh lived in the land. They were very numerous, from Bashan to Baal Hermon, Senir, and Mount Hermon. These were the heads of their fathers' houses, Ephor, Ishi, Eliel, Azrael, Jeremiah, Hodaviah, and Jadiel, mighty warriors, famous men, heads of their fathers' houses. But they broke faith with the God of their fathers and whored after the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, the spirit of Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and he took them into exile, namely the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and brought them to Hala, Habor, Hera, and the river Gozan to this day. And to this day being when the Chronicles were written down, maybe by Ezra, the scribe, and probably at the time of the return from exile into the land. So what do we have here in First Chronicles chapter 5? Well, we have really a chronicle of the Transjordanian tribes. That means the tribes who lived on the other side of the Jordan, namely Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And that's the order that they're given in. So here's a map of the 12 tribes of Israel. And you can see on the other side of the Jordan, the Jordan's that river going right down the middle, from the south to the north, so proximity to Jerusalem and then working your way up, you have Reuben and then Gad and then the half-tribe of Manasseh. The largest territory belonged to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh just had a massive amount of territory on both sides of the Jordan River, although it was, it was broken up by Gad. Gad had that little strip of land right alongside the Jordan, which was very highly prized territory. Notice, though, that these tribes are surrounded. Manasseh has Aram off to the northeast of them. You see that Aram? That's Syria with its capital in Damascus. And then Gad had Ammon right next to them, the Ammonites. And then Reuben had Moab, the Moabites around them. So when the passage says that they had, they had 44,000 men who were fierce men, warriors, the, the Transjordanian tribes would have had to do a lot of warfare. And while they trusted God, they were given victory in this warfare. But they didn't always trust God, and so they were uh, in the end, they were the first area to be taken into captivity. 
by the Assyrians before northern Israel fell. So northern Israel fell in 722, and the Transjordanian tribes fell a couple of decades before that. Um, I want to share with you two resources um, just that I recommend. I'm going to share with you what they say about this chapter. Um, one is the Family Worship Bible Guide, which is printed by Reformation Heritage Press. This is just a nice, short commentary on every chapter of the Bible. So it's, it's a little book, but it's got very thin pages, and it gives you every chapter of the Bible. I don't know if you can see that or not, but it gives you a little paragraph. So I'm just going to read you what they say about 1 Chronicles 5. As Reuben's adultery with his father's concubine cost him the right of the firstborn, we see that in verses 1 and 2, so Israel's spiritual adultery with idols cost them their inheritance in the land. We see it at the end of the chapter, verses 25 and 26. God is a jealous God. He rules as the sovereign over all peoples and all events. He demands our complete allegiance and will bless those who seek him as their only Lord, but will punish those who cherish idols in their hearts or worship them with their lives. What idols are popular in your nation? What idols tempt your own heart? So just a short paragraph of text. Again, this is from the Family Worship Bible Guide. It's a, it's a good resource. I don't really use this all that much in preparing these devotionals. Um, so if you wanted to get one of these and read it, it would be something additional to what you're getting from these daily devotionals. And again, it takes like a minute to read. Um, the other one I wanted to share with you is from a friend of mine, Ryan McGraw, who wrote a book called A Divine Tapestry. And he also goes through every chapter of the Bible. But what he gives you for every chapter of the Bible is just a one-sentence summary of that chapter and then a key verse out of that chapter. So here's his little section on 1 Chronicles 5. It's just a one-sentence summary and then a key verse. So here's what he says. The Lord transfers the promise of the seed of the woman from Reuben to Joseph to Judah, fulfilling Genesis 35 and 49. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, he was indeed the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright. Yet Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. So that's his summary. And one thing that um, Ryan does a good job, Dr. McGraw, he's a professor at uh, Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary, friend of mine. Um, one, one of the good things that Ryan does is he, he traces the major themes of Scripture in his little one-sentence summary. So you have the promise of the seed of the woman. This is being worked out here um, all the way back from Genesis, and it's being transferred from Reuben, who was the firstborn, who would have it by natural right, but because of his sin, he lost it. And then Joseph was given it. However, the ruler actually came from Judah. So anyway, that's uh, from the Divine Tapestry. These are just two recommended books that I think are helpful um, in your continuing study of God's Word, Family Worship Bible Guide, and Divine Tapestry. Um, again, because this is on YouTube, I have to be very clear, they didn't pay me anything. This is not a sponsored, paid promotional thing. They're just books that I like, that I have, and that I trust, and that I'm recommending to you as a pastor. So that's it. Um, I have to make that disclaimer because YouTube will flag you as doing promotionals without 
identifying it as such in your video. Weird YouTube rules. All right, so, <laughs> so First Chronicles 5, um, really, I think those books did a good job of highlighting. It, it's framed at the beginning and the end with unfaithfulness. So the beginning of the chapter tells us how Reuben was unfaithful. He, he went up on his father's couch. That means he slept with one of his father's wives. And that cost him the right of the firstborn. And so it's sin at the beginning uh, of the story of the tribe of Reuben. Why is Reuben on the other side of the Jordan? Why don't they have firstborn rights? He's the firstborn son of Israel, son of Jacob. He lost it because of that. And then it ends with a story of faithlessness and how that is lost then. And that's down in verses 25 and 26 where they broke faith with the God of their fathers. So first Reuben broke faith with his father and then Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh broke faith with the God of their fathers and whored after the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. It shows us that God is sovereign throughout history. He's the one who gives victory in battle. We saw that in the paragraph right before that, he gives them great victory in battle when it is his purpose and his plan to establish them in the land. But then he also disciplines for sin and gives them great defeat in battle when it is his purpose to carry them off into exile. The Lord is sovereign, but it's not a blind and random sovereignty. It is a sovereignty that is according to his revealed will and in the covenantal structure that he has set up with his people, there are blessings for faithfulness to the covenant, and there are curses for covenantal faithlessness. Um, about to do a wedding uh, coming up in a couple of days, and uh, in that wedding, I'm going to be emphasizing in the vows that there are real consequences from God if the covenantal vows are, are broken. And that's a sobering thing. It'll be different. People will probably sit up and say, what, what did they just say? Um, but it's something that uh, bride and groom wanted to have uh, in, in their wedding vows. It's a strong statement that they take the Lord seriously at his word. And we should take the Lord seriously at his word. We should, we should fear him rightly with reverent submission. We should seek to honor him with our lives. We're so thankful that Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant, that he took all the covenant curses upon himself, and he earned for us the covenant blessings that we could not earn for ourselves. And we're thankful for Jesus, and our salvation is only because Jesus has fulfilled all the covenant requirements and taken the covenant curses and given us the covenant blessings. That is 100% true, but it is not an excuse for us to be flippant and disregarding of what God is calling us to do. And there are still consequences. Maybe not the eternal curse of separation from God. If you're a believer in Jesus, that's removed forever. But there are still consequences in this life for breaking covenant with God and being faithless to the things that he calls us to do. It's a sobering reminder for us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus, the covenant keeper. Thank you that he has removed the eternal curse of the covenant from us and took it upon himself, uh, taken it upon himself. And Father, we pray that you would bless us in Christ with every covenantal blessing that he secured for us and that you would equip us by your Holy Spirit, applying to us the righteousness of Christ, that we might walk in faithfulness to your covenant promises 
and in obedience to your covenant commands. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That is First Chronicles chapter 5. Tomorrow we're going to write, go right on to chapter 6. Hope you can join me for that. And as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.